0: Welcome to Things That Got Wrong, your general TV podcast with the healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott.
1: I'm Richard Miller.
2: I'm Stuart Hopkins.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> I have apparently I have no tempo. I unlike just... uh, Michael, unlike George Michael from Arrested Development, who has impeccable <laughs> tempo. I like I just he's he's got a he's got a lot of swing to it. He's just he's Stu's just a loose and jazzy guy. I'm a, just a one, two, three, <laughs> go.
2: I never, I never took good music classes. I never learned how to read music. I was super slow at it. So I don't know. It's either that, like my my class didn't do it, or like my mom didn't sign the form to get me one because she's like, I've done this seven times before. I'm
1: like half convinced they were built to torture parents because oh, if you can't play it, the only sound that comes off is this high pitched one meant to blow out your eardrums.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's called a drum set as well. <laughs>
1: Oh well, yeah, but generally they don't send drum sets home with you from school.
0: It was the only time I legitimately got in trouble, or at least had my parents mad at me is when I was trying to play drums. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that would do it.
1: Explore quiet music.
2: It's oh, actually my, really it's cool. cool. My neighbor next door to me, uh, he was like, so he uh, came over to the fence and was like, hey, Stu, I uh, just want to let you know that you know, some people, they buy, like, you know, a fancy sports car or a boat when they have a midnight crisis. And he's like, I bought drums. Uh, so heads up. <laughs> but like, I can hear him. And like, he's really good. Like, out of nowhere, from like just never playing before. He's he's really good. <laughs> that's kind of cool. <laughs> his daughter my dad plays. bought a
1: tractor for his midlife. Crisis. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's more in line with me. Yeah, that's that's way more in line with me. <laughs> I think my dad got really into board games who hence the uh the trivia and board game fanaticism yeah
0: there's some of that there
1: <laughs> not but, not a bad thing I don't know, you play
0: or you have a guitar i don't know if you play it but
2: <laughs> i i don't play it well but i have one yeah <laughs> okay. i have a, I have a uh, full electronic keyboard and stuff too i had drums at one point in my life and a bass and like a couple of other things but I cycled through them pretty quick.
0: I'll just have <laughs> oh, your right. No, you continue. We'll, we'll follow up <laughs> there. There's an old, it's an old, old, it's an old, old spice commercial with Terry Cruz, where his entire body is connected to electrodes that all play different music. And I think it's, it's obviously staged, but he's just sitting there and you see him biceps out, ready to go. And you just hear him go muscle, muscle, <laughs> muscle, Flex and chimes awesome. and drum beats and everything are going off. And then he starts playing a flaming saxophone. And <laughs> when I think of one man band, I think of Stu without his shirt on connected
2: to electrodes. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> Jesus
0: Christ. Why? You're, you're the only one in this group who has the positivity of Terry Crews and oh, the muscles right. of Terry
2: Crews. I think I have Terry Crews muscles.
0: You got to beat to the sound of your own drum. flex (laughs) flex (laughs) Or we can flex some more today because this is the 48th ever episode Ah! Uh, we're about to buy a drum set
1: no you're not
0: uh we are about to have a round robin game so maybe that's similar but uh, we're all three of us have a round for the other three to answer where we will vie for all the musical notation in the world and uh we will start as we always start with round robins with Stu's round
2: thank you uh i have a round and it is a most excellent round uh you guessed it it's egg themed why i have no idea but uh i'm gonna be completely honest with you I woke up at, like, 3 a.m. a couple of nights ago, and I was like, yep, it's got to be egg-themed. And, like, I have a shittily scribbled note in my phone of, like, make trivia round about eggs. (laughs) And, like, so that's, I I felt like I had to do it. Now I owed it to myself. (laughs) Yeah, so this round is basically going to be general trivia, but egg-themed, or at least kind of, you know, loosely around there. Uh, Each question is worth two points. Uh, Shout out when you know it. Uh, I don't have the buzzer going, so we're just going to do the normal audio way. Um, if you don't get it on the first round, then you know you get a you get a second clue. It's worth one point. Question number one: How do you want your eggs? There are many ways to cook an egg. Name six of
1: them. Scrambled, <laughs> okay. sunny side up, over easy, hard boiled, poached, um, soft boiled. Nice. um deviled eggs
2: yeah that's, salad i'll keep <laughs> i had like 13 of them listed hard boiled scrambled soft boiled over easy sunny side up over medium over hard poached basted deviled, benedict omelet shirred, which is like baked eggs and in a frittata uh, that's all the ones i could find through like copious google searches about how to cook eggs that is two points to Rachel, and we're on to question number two. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall, a classic tale that dates back before the 1800s. But Humpty Dumpty wasn't depicted as an egg until Lewis Carroll illustrated him in what book? Rachel? Rachel.
1: Is it Through the Looking Glass?
2: It is Through the Looking Glass, published in 1871. There's no previous record of Humpty Dumpty ever being an egg until he just, like, drew him like that. Two points to Rachel there. We all know the famous question of which came first, the chicken or the egg. But do you know where chickens originated from? Uh, no, I mean country of origin. I'm sorry. Country of origin. Where were they believed to be first domesticated at? Uh, they originally didn't lay eggs year-round, but would only lay eggs in the springtime when there was an explosion of locust and other insects, as well as bamboo shoots. Rachel. Rachel.
1: Uh, China?
2: Uh Southeast Asia, yeah. I'll give you a point for that. <laughs> yeah. Um they were originally domesticated there apparently, and that uh they were shipped out from there. It's so one point to Rachel, and we're on to question number four. Only fifty seven of these are still around today. They're some of the most sought after expensive Rachel. money can buy. Rachel.
1: <laughs> They're Faberge eggs.
2: That is correct. They're
1: they're absolutely stunningly beautiful.
2: Uh, They are, right. They were crafted in Russia during the late 1800s to the early 1920s uh, for royalty, and a few were actually commissioned by extremely wealthy individuals. Uh, Highly sought after. All right, that's two points to Rachel. Uh, We're on to question number five. According to studies, around 200 to 500 years ago, a virus spread throughout South America infecting chickens. Uh the result was a genetic mutation with breeds that then produced this color egg, which is now highly sought after. Rachel? Rachel. Green? That is not green. It is blue. Uh, yeah, apparently like that's a that's a real thing. Um you know, it it's basically like a, a pretty solidly tinted blue of a normal chicken egg. Um, but apparently people people swear by them that they're like better tasting. But really, there's no actual difference. Fun fact: uh, There's actually a like a few people that have given chickens a, chickens a select diet of like red peppers uh, of different kinds, and it actually turns their egg yolks like a dark red. And then they serve them in restaurants for like super high end, you know, fancy looking eggs, which is kind of crazy to look in. You should Google it sometime. And question number six, the final question of the round. Speaking of blue. Our favorite blue hedgehog has uh, many rivals yeah. but only one has his doctorate. Ryan. What is his name? Ryan. Um yeah, uh, crap. He's got Dr. He's got executor. Mo- no. Dr. Ivo Eggman Robotnik. Uh, Sonic's our mascot man. like oh. <laughs> got to go fast. I overthought. uh, uh yeah, Dr. Robotnik uh was his name in the original English debut, but in his Japanese debut, he was Dr. Eggman. That's right. uh, and then eventually there was an English debut that merged the both of them uh, to where he's referred to as both, or Eggman-Robotnik, uh, that's and that's right. been his name ever since.
0: I knew that. I was just thinking in my head, I was like trying to pull in the word to tie it in, and it
2: totally botched it. That's okay. All righty, that ends the round.
1: Okay, guys, it's my turn. Um, so I went a little bit meta and, uh, my, um uh, my topic is things they got wrong. So this is things that people really screwed up, <laughs> <laughs> cost uh. them a lot of money. I think like on a larger scale. So, um, I'm going to give you like the facts, tell you the story, tell you what happened. And then at the end, I'm going to ask you for a fact about it. It might be a place. It could be a company. It could be a year. Cool. Um, because there are a lot of facts in these ones, I'm going to ask you guys to wait to buzz in until I finish finish reading the question. Okay. okay. Question number one, this French company screwed up the purchase of 2000 trains in 2014 at a cost of 50 million euros on top of the 15 billion they had spent on the trains. The problem, many of their platforms were too narrow to fit the new trains. So name that company. It's not a word, it's an acronym. It's an acronym. Um, so this one was a little more difficult.
2: <laughs> choo <Choo-choo>, choo. It's go-choo. <laughs> Stu, do you have a guess? I have no idea, to be honest. I can't I I can't get like the Louvre out of my head just because like to me that <laughs> sounds
1: like transit. I don't know. <laughs> okay.
2: This was the hardest like one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is um, the SNCF. It oh, is one oh, of I the largest that. train companies in Europe, which is okay. why I chose well, that as the fact. Okay. So speaking of French, a new building at 20 French Church Street in this city had to shell out several million dollars to fix an issue created by its architectural design. That melted cars parked nearby, Papa paying the owners to fix their cars. Name that city.
0: Collection that was like so bright, it was actually you know, yeah, it was like, like magnifying, magnifying the sunlight.
1: Uh, I think they called it like the walkie talkie or something. Um, yeah, so it was just like the architectural design, totally unplanned for. It basically was like a magnifying glass on an ant and it was just <laughs> melting cars. <laughs>
2: Could you imagine? Like you just get out of work and you're like, "Are you kidding me?" My <laughs> like, car melted. <laughs> like, like I wonder if like it was a, like a line that just like melted like half, like halfway through the car, or the like laser like, beam it just up the whole. Th- yeah, like was this like a laser precision? So, so the cars so just melted like gummy bears. <laughs> like, so
1: the way, um, so but I um when I was reading it, it was mostly like it was the car, it was the side of the car that was facing the building. It was like anything plastic. Yeah. So I, I saw one of the pictures, and it was like it had like a plastic like uh, mirror on the side. It was like it was kind of like slumped to the side, almost like he like wax. This one is ah uh, actually pretty famous. In 1999, NASA contracted with a well-known governmental contractor to design, build, and launch an 125 million dollar satellite meant to orbit Mars. Due to a communication breakdown on the subject of measurements for coordinates, NASA uses metric and the contractor used Imperial. The satellite missed the planned destination and burned up in Mars's atmosphere. Can you name the contractor? Jeez. This is the one you hear the joke about the making sure you guys know what you're measuring? $125 million, just the satellite. We didn't even talk about any of the launch Okay. Question number four. The Prince William Sound was hit with one of the worst oil spills in history when the Exxon Valdez ran aground due to the negligence of the captain, who was intoxicated. 11 million gallons of oil spilled, which affected 1,300 1300 miles of the Alaskan coast. The cost of cleaning up the spill, paying fines, and dealing with the legal legal results from it added up to more than $7 billion. What year was Exxon Valdez? Oh, God. Go ahead, Stu.
2: 2004? No. Ryan.
1: Go ahead, Ryan.
0: 98.
1: You guys are all off by a pretty far amount. Exxon Valdez was in
0: 1989. It was way earlier.
1: I think Deepwater Horizon was in 2013. 2013. So, uh, question number five. In 2009, the world was shocked by the revelations of this person's affairs. Subsequently, his image and reputation took a hard hit. His ex-wife was granted more than $750 million in the divorce. By some estimates, the fallout from endorsement deals being canceled by the likes of Nike and Gatorade may have cost him up to $12 billion. Right. I'm not finished with my question. Who is this person? Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan.
0: Tiger Woods. Yes,
1: (laughs) if you didn't notice, (laughs) I've been asking the question at the end. Uh, Question number six. Mercedes-Benz merged with this company in 1998 for a reported cost of about $37 billion. Unfortunately, it was not meant to be. After reported culture classes and a nosedive in values and reputation, Mercedes-Benz sold this new acquisition for $7 billion in 2007 to a company with a reputation for resurrecting failing companies. Who did Mercedes-Benz buy? Stu. Go ahead, Stu.
2: Volkswagen?
1: No. Ryan, do you have a guess?
2: Um,
0: I should. We went to that museum.
1: We did go to the museum. Um, but I don't think I saw anything in the museum about this. Sorry to disappoint.
0: I don't know. Ferrari.
1: Okay, I'll give you guys one clue. This is a, an American company, a staple out of Detroit.
0: Still. Stu. Okay,
1: hey, go ahead, Ryan.
0: Ford.
2: I don't no. think that does really make sense either. Do. Grand Am. No. God. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I know what the name of it. God. Chevrolet. Can I, can I guess what it Chrysler. is? Is it Chrysler? Yes. Pontiac?
1: No. Okay. You guys eventually got to it. It is Chrysler.
2: Aha. Oh.
1: Um, however, no points to that because. Chrysler. Yeah. So it I just was
0: remember there's. An amazing SNL skit with Bill Hader about Chrysler, and it's the fourth quarter following the Super Bowl.
1: (laughs) Well, this was my round about, um, what is that quote? I took a calculated guess, but boy, am I bad at math. Um, Of all the, oh gosh, that was a bad choice. I got that wrong. Uh,
0: My round is all about Nickelodeon.
1: Oh, Oh, God,
2: stepping up to the play here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I have
1: my bow out now.
0: Six questions, uh, mostly about Nickelodeon shows, but also some other fun stuff. Two points for each correct answer. Uh, There are a couple. The last two questions uh, take have some uh, of our other formats. So I'll get to those some uh, guessing and some keyword countdown style. But uh, I'll start with question number one. A portmanteau of nickel, as in the cost of entrance, and Odeon, which is Greek for roofed over. A Nickelodeon was a physical space that rose in popularity in the early 1900s as what kind of establishment? Theaters. Yeah, a Nickelodeon is essentially another name for a movie theater.
2: I've known that since I was a kid. I I remember it being a part of like a history book that somebody was like, yeah, like, There's a quote of a guy like, oh, we went down to the Nickelodeon. I was like, what the hell? Like what?
0: (laughs) Uh, Question number two, the theme song for the show. All that was sung by what? No Scrubs 90s trio. TLC Uh, his job there. (laughs) What food name shares its name with Doug's funny pet dog? Stu. Doug.
2: Uh, Stu. Porkchop. chop. Yeah. I did not like Doug, but really? Really, I remember that. Yeah, it was not. I don't know. It was, it was dry for me. Like it just it was not my favorite. Needed some
0: patty mayonnaise on there.
1: <laughs> Ryan, did you just endorse mayonnaise?
0: <laughs> patty mayonnaise. Patty, patty mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> I like Skeeter. So I was going to say the beats.
2: Skeeter was probably my favorite part of the show. Yeah. You should
0: have like, watched the beats more often. You'd be on your drum beat. That's why. all right uh yeah pork chop i also made sure to write doug's funny as in the his last name funny pet dog so things you don't see all right question number four what nickelodeon character has the catchphrase or has the iconic catchphrase a baby's gotta do what they do (laughs) stew tommy pickles tommy pickles I assumed I was just throwing points at Stu's way there, but I had to have a Rugrats question in there. (laughs) Thanks. To be fair, it was one of the tougher ones I felt like I could come up with outside of Reptar or something else. Yeah. All right, question number five. This is going to be keyword countdown style. So I'm going to go through 10 items, and uh, you have to tell me what Nickelodeon character this is referring to. Survival skills. Bodybuilding. Guitar science lasso math holding breath karate texas
2: stew oh man <laughs> i should not have taken that long stew sandy cheeks that is sandy cheeks <laughs> i thought mermaid man for some reason for a moment and i got really like i got really thrown off <laughs>
0: Actually, no, I almost still gets two points there because you get one point if you hit all the way to the end. Uh, Yeah, there's a few there, but I was trying to come up with a good a good SpongeBob one that was a little more obscure. I found some good keyword countdown, but uh, these are all attributes and things associated with Sandy Cheeks, survival skills, bodybuilding, guitar, science, lasso, math, holding breath, karate, Texas and jellyfishing. Two points to Stu there. Question number six. Last question of the game. Uh, this will be around Robin, so everyone lock in with an answer. How many times does Aang enter the Avatar state throughout the entire course of the show Avatar The Last Airbender? This is just The Last Airbender. This isn't Korra. Okay. Uh, how many times does Aang enter the Avatar state throughout the whole show? Uh, Rachel? 15. Stu? 8. Uh, it is exactly five. Uh, is that, yeah. Is
2: that right? Is that really right? I mean, I guess
0: so. According to this. So I have it. I have them listed. So, uh, there's
2: the first. When no. he first. It, it's it, it, no All right, Go ahead. Go ahead go
0: so ahead. Here's what I have. Feel free to refute it. I love okay. Avatar, so I'm happy to talk about it. It's when he first discovers the genocide of his people. Yep. Uh, at the Battle of the Northern Water Tribe. Okay. Uh, When he's forced by the Earth King to save Katara. Okay. Uh, When fighting Azula and Zuko in the Earth King, Uh Undercity, and then when fighting Fire Lord King Ozai.
2: Also, when he's in training to, like, master the Avatar state. I don't know if that counts, because, like, he's in it, but, like, he's not fighting in it.
1: So, according um, to the avatar fandom wikipedia
0: okay
1: um during the course of the first series he went into the avatar state nine times what
0: oh all right we can do some deep dive i'm also curious if when he broke out of the ice if that was considered going into the avatar state which might have
2: been right
1: that that was when i would have counted immediately
0: because mm-hmm. there's one when he's it's a flashback to Legend of Korra which I didn't count where he energy bends somebody's powers away I'm also curious we're going to have to do a deep dive here because yeah. I'm I think now that I think about it I think the very final battle with King Ozai he goes in twice once he, the when he forms all of his powers and then once when he pulls the uh, powers away from Ozai
2: he does. Yes.
1: Okay.
2: Some people say that when he was hit by lightning with Azula, he attempted to go into the Avatar Avatar state, but it didn't count.
1: So I'm going to read off what they've got here, and then you guys make a decision. Um, So Aang entered the Avatar state to save himself and Appa from drowning after their fall into the ocean. Um, So Aang would remain in the Avatar state until he was released from the iceberg um, around 100 years later. Um after that, Aang entered the Avatar State to escape another fall into the ocean and to stop Zuko. He waterbent a waterspout in the form of a twister. Aang later entered the Avatar State um, after witnessing the skeleton of his former mentor. In his <laughs> anguish-induced state, he generated Hurricane Force Winds. Mm. Um, and then when he made Avatar Ruko in the Fire Temple.
2: I was wondering
0: about that one, yeah. All right, I'm <laughs> I'm currently watching, and every time Aang enters the Avatar State and he clearly enters the avatar state the first time he comes out of the ice block.
1: So the the um so the Wikipedia says he was he remained in the avatar state. He went into the avatar state when he created the ice block, and he stayed oh, there. Oh, interesting. That's the way they have it characterized. Um, uh, Monk Yatso and him, he were to be separated. Um, saving Sokka and a fisherman. Um, Siege of the North. Um, after the waterbenders were rendered powerless. Yeah. Um, General Fong, earthbending to bury Katara, um, infuriated at a at a group of sandbenders for kidnapping Appa.
2: Oh, that's right. I forgot about that Battle- one. Yeah,
1: battling Embossing Sei, when Azula struck him with lightning. When he was fighting Phoenix King Ozai at the same spot where Azula struck him with lightning, then he has a confrontation with Fire Lord Zuko over Yung Dao. Once more, stop the. Earth King and the Fire Lords this feels later. Avatar State three times during his battle with General Old Iron, just during the refineries, third three time to save. Um, and he entered the Avatar State at the end of his battle with Liling and Cranefish Town to remove her bending and. That's, and that's the yeah, that's what I thought this feels later. Yeah, um, but that's... they said in the original series, um, according to them in the original series, so, this is their language, I'm just reading it. Aang ran into the continuous Avatar state nine times during the course of the first series, and once into the non-continuous state. I don't know what the non-continuous state versus continuous is, but um, that's their language.
0: No, I don't I'm know not winning on this
1: question, so... Um,
0: Right. Was the battle at the Northern Water Tribe, was that when he attacked the giant fish thing? The giant water, like, huge?
1: Yeah.
2: In the attack, he didn't attack. He was that. He needed yeah, right.
1: that. So, like, that was one of the few, like, if I could just think of ones off the top of my head, it was, like, when he's coming out of the ice, I think of that one. You know, I think of when he's talking to Ruko when he's training. I you know what's did.
0: crazy? You won having been in the fort through halftime. I know <laughs> sports ball references mean nothing to this group, but this is truly a Patriots over the Falcons scenario. And then they said, quack, quack. That'll be two minutes for roping. All right. Uh, let's get to some picks for each episode. A uh, couple of us give a game, a movie an experience, something cool like that. We recommend you check out. And Stu, today you have a pick. I
2: do. Uh... Today, my pick is it's not a co-op game. Uh, it is a single-player indie game uh, for the Nintendo Switch. It's also on Steam. That's it's okay, because called-
0: the last few times we've tried to play co-op games together, it also hasn't worked out.
2: It hasn't ever. worked. The best Nintendo's online has not worked properly. Um, they gotta fix that. Uh, this game is called Bug Fables. Uh, if you've ever played the original, uh, or the thousand year door paper Mario game. It is, uh, it is a homage to that. It is, it's an RPG, um, with a very stylized graphics where everything feels like it's, you know, made out of paper. Essentially. Uh, it looks adorable. Uh, you follow these three bugs together, uh, that form a party and you go on various adventures. Um, there's a couple of like side quests that you can do throughout the whole thing. Uh, you're mainly trying to look for these artifacts and kind of uncover this mystery about one of your party members. It is, uh, there's a challenging, like a challenge mode on it, uh, which makes enemies that much harder. And I turned that on and I haven't turned it off yet. And it is, it is actually really hard, which I found enjoyable. Um, part of the fun of paper Mario and also bug fables is that there's a timing mechanic So every time you go to attack, uh, you have to do like either time your hits properly or like do a combination of buttons in order for your attack to be successful. Um, And you can also time a block. So when enemies are attacking you, which, you know, it basically takes out like rather than just like, you know, hitting a through menus and stuff, you're you're very actively engaged with combat. Um, And especially when you have the difficulty, like the difficulty ramped up, it it's tough. It's actually it's very, very tough. And I like it. Um nice. again though the game is yeah it's it's been a blast for me to play. I haven't had enough time to really play it yet, but for what I have done it's it's been really really enjoyable for me.
0: How much of a puzzle element is
2: there? Not not terribly. Like there's a little okay. bit of overworld puzzles to where like you kind of sit there and you have to like you have to figure out exactly how you're going to do something. Um but like as far as difficulty with it it's it's not hard. You just have to like think about it for a moment. Gotcha.
0: I really like the art style. The art like, style. is Cell shaded, sort of, but in yeah. a very like simple cartoony way.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like it's right. And the game is actually very small size wise uh, for what it is. I think it's less than a gig, uh, considering that it's oh, like, wow. you know, a full RPG. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. It's it, like I said, it's been a blast for me. I really enjoy just being engaged. The combat is fun, like actually actively fun. And you know, your when you level up, your rewards are not anything that's massive at all. It's not like oh, everybody gets ten more health. You get one health extra. Um, it's 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 challenging. It's actually very challenging, but I like that as it as it is. That's
0: nice. a uh, bug. Fables: The Everlasting Sapling, which is a great subtitle. Uh, I see. So you're playing it on Switch. I see that it's basically on everything: Steam, PS4, Xbox
2: it is yeah uh it's it's everywhere i mean i think it's been out on steam for quite a while now but the switch port came out which is why i was introduced to. oh it. gotcha okay nice that's awesome yeah
0: bug fables uh i have a pick mine's very different from a game uh it is we're in the midst of summer and uh it's hot outside tea would be nice uh this is one of my favorite it's actually a uh Caffeine-free. Uh, it's actually a, an herbal tea. There's I don't think there's any actual tea in it. But um this is from the company Rishi, which uh by everything I can tell in my experience is pretty much the best slash only tea I would really try to buy from like a <laughs> store, uh, because it's actually really good quality. Like there's actual tea in it, whereas like most lipton tea bags you buy is just like dust shavings that are put into (laughs) a bag um this is one of my favorite teas it is the turmeric ginger herbal tea and uh it's really really delicious and uh it's i like it i'll i'll make it in like a big batch of like like a quart and i'll just i'll put it in the fridge uh because it it works really well iced or cooled, And, uh, it's really good because there's no actual tea in it. It doesn't get bitter or it doesn't, you know, like get too stringent. It actually, to me tastes better the longer it steeps. And, uh, I really like drinking it. It's really good. Uh, especially in the summer, it's nice to have cold. Um, it's very, uh, ginger, turmeric, kind of, of like a licoricey taste, some like lemongrass and citrus, uh, it's very tasty. Um, it's actually kind of a good replacement cold for like like a beer or something because it has that sort of just a little bit of like a zesty, stringent kind of taste to it. But it's and it almost has like the turmeric and ginger gives it kind of its own sweetness, although there's no sugar in it. Um, it's really really good, and uh, you know turmeric and ginger and stuff uh, is generally said to be very good for you. You can buy it on Rishi's website, uh, up to a pound of it, which is really good. It's like it's about 30 bucks, but I've had a bag that's lasted me like almost a year. So uh, it's, it's really good. It's Rishi's turmeric uh, ginger herbal tea, and uh, I think it's great. I like drinking tea. I wish I was drinking more of it. I've been... As addicted as I am to coffee, Um, I like trying to drink good quality teas. And like I said, Rishi is probably about the best tea that you can buy, um, like kind of off the shelf somewhere or, you know, somewhere where you can get it at just about any store. Uh, But if you do it online, you can buy a giant pound of it for the stuff you really like. (laughs) Rishi is R-I-S-H-I-R-I-S-H-I-T-E-A dot com. Okay, And uh, it's really, really tasty. And uh, I'm definitely gonna have to get some of that. That sounds really good. Yeah. A lot of their teas are really good. Uh, if you're new to tea and aren't super familiar, like with oolong teas or like much more stringent teas that you really have to be kind of careful of, I think herbal teas are, you know, a decent way into it. And like, you really can't oversteep it. Like I said, I think it just tastes better the longer it's steeped. So uh, this one's really, really good. But yeah, that's the, uh, that's the end of the show. That's what I got a bunch of tea, but, uh, thanks Not to nice. uh yeah thanks to everyone listening uh if you have a pick, send it our way uh email us things that get wrong at gmail.com and check out the website and the instagram and the twitter and all that stuff uh the next episode will be coming around mid-august so stay tuned for that no no <laughs> on any wins here <laughs> total underdog it that
1: was,
0: was a
2: really nice job <laughs> be. this is nickelodeon
0: <laughs> there's going to be a disney movie named after stew one day maybe i believe that'd it. be sweet but until then until that movie until the next podcast we'll see you later
1: bye, bye.